0: Hello, and welcome back to the Barefoot Books Podcast. Though all noble men and women should behave honorably, not all do. This week, we'll hear a German story about a wicked lady who is no match for her grandson's chivalrous devotion to his mother, siblings, and friends. Afterward, be sure to go to barefootbooks.com to find the complete Barefoot Knights collection, along with other songs, activities, coloring sheets, and more. On a sunny day in summer, the pages and squires were gathered around Master William in the courtyard of the castle to learn about the way knights behaved. "'Chivalry,' began Master William, "'is the code of behaviour by which all knights try to live. "'It's not enough to be brave and clever, or to ride a horse well and swing a sword skilfully. "'You also have to be kind and generous.' Chivalry means behaving as well as you can all the time, and it means remembering to treat everyone you meet honourably. Not just the lords and ladies, but the poorer people as well. In fact, anyone who asks for help. But how do we know if they're good people? asked Tom. Your heart will nearly always tell you, answered Master William, and if it doesn't, your common sense will. He looked thoughtful. I believe I know a story about a boy who suffered greatly at the hands of a noble lady who should have been honorable, but in fact was very bad indeed. Tell us, shouted the pages and squires. Well, said Master William, I suppose you could learn something about chivalry from it. The Knight of the Swan. A Story from Germany Long ago, in the Kingdom of Germany, there lived a king called Orian. One day, when he was out hunting, he became lost. Wandering through unfamiliar lands, he encountered a beautiful lady and her maidens. Although he knew nothing of her birth or parentage, the king fell head over heels in love with her, and after that, nothing would do but that he must marry her and so it was done. Now this made the king's mother, Queen Mata Bruna, very angry indeed, for she had always intended that her son should make a far greater marriage than with this unknown lady. So she vowed to do anything she could to harm his new bride. Fate decreed that she should soon find a way, for not long after this the king went away to war, and it happened that while he was absent the time came for the young queen to be delivered of their first child. Matabruna insisted that she should attend her daughter-in-law. Thus it was that she alone was present at the birth, not of one child, but of seven, six boys and one girl. And the greatest wonder of all was that each and every child was born with a chain of silver about its neck. When she saw this, Matabruna hated them even more than she hated their mother, for she knew by this sign that they were no ordinary children and that their mother was no ordinary lady. Calling her most faithful and devoted squire, Matabruna ordered him to take the children to the river and drown them all. Then she put it about that the young queen herself had murdered her babies. When King Orion returned from the war, he found the castle silent and grim. With tears in her eyes, Matabruna told him what the young queen had done. We had to lock her in her room until you returned, my son. There is only one punishment for such a crime. Death. The king was horrified by this news. But he could not find it in his heart to kill his wife. Instead, he ordered that she be taken away and shut up in the deepest dungeon of the castle, so that he would never have to see her again. Meanwhile, the squire, who had been ordered to kill the royal infants, took them into the forest. But when he looked upon them, he could not bring himself to do as he had been ordered. Instead, he wrapped them in a blanket and left them lying together in a sheltered clearing. Then he returned home and told his mistress that they were dead. Now in the forest there lived a wise hermit, and it happened that as he was walking among the trees, he heard the crying of a baby. Following the sound he found not one but seven babies, each with a chain of silver links around its neck. Amazed at the sight, the hermit gathered them up in his arms and took them home to the little hut where he lived. "'How shall I care for you?' he wondered, looking around at the poorly furnished dwelling, with cracks in the walls and the roof, and a fire that always seemed to smoke. As if in answer to his question, a white hind, whose fawn had died, came running up to him as though it had always known him. Giving thanks to God for this miracle, the hermit said to himself, "'Well, at least the babies shall not lack for milk.' And so it was that the seven children grew up in the care of the hermit, who, though he had vowed to spend his life alone, delighted in their company. He did his best to care for them, and to raise them as if they had been his own. They soon learned to call him father, for he was all they knew of gentleness and love. One boy, above all the rest, was especially strong and quick. The hermit named him Hylas, and he soon grew to be a fine hunter and if the hermit often wondered where the children had come from, he never spoke of it. Thus twelve years passed, and during that time it seemed that King Orian grew daily weaker and sadder, and that as he did so, Matabruna grew stronger, until she had all but taken over the governing of the kingdom. Then one day a knight in Matabruna's service, whose name was Savary, happened to see the children playing together in the woods, and noticed the silver chains they wore. So beautiful were the children, and so bright their silver chains, that Savary hurried back to the castle and poured out his story to Matabruna. When she heard this, her eyes glittered cruelly. Have you told anyone else about this? No, madam. "'Then take a dozen trusted men,' said Matabruna, "'seek out the children with silver chains around their necks, "'and kill them all. "'Do not fail me, "'and be sure to bring their chains to me "'as proof that they are dead.' "'Fearful for his life, Savary did as he was bid. "'But when he and the men he had gathered to do the evil deed "'arrived in the clearing near the hermit's hut, "'they found only six of the children.' for the hermit had taken Hylas with him in search of food. Six must do, said Savary grimly, and drew his knife. The children stood fearful and still. But as Savary cut the silver chains from their necks, something strange happened. The children suddenly turned into six beautiful white swans and flew away towards the nearby river. Fearing for his life, Savary took the six silver chains back to Matabruna. He told her the seventh had fallen from his pocket somewhere in the forest. Then, trembling, he confessed that the children were still alive, though they had become swans. But instead of being angry, the evil queen was well pleased by this news. She took the silver chains to a jeweller and ordered him to melt them down and turn them into a goblet, But when the jeweller set about melting the first chain in his furnace, it grew and grew until there was enough to make two cups. Then the jeweller knew that there was magic at work here. He hid one of the goblets along with the five remaining chains and took the other to Matabruna. When the jeweller had gone, richly rewarded for his work, Matabruna poured wine into the goblet and drank a toast to herself. At last! "'The power of the silver chains is broken, and the children will be swans for ever,' she said. "'Now I have only to rid myself of their mother, and no one will be able to challenge my power.' "'Then she went to the king and said to him, "'My son, it is twelve long years since the evil deed for which your wife was imprisoned took place.' No evidence has ever been found to show that she was not guilty. It is now your duty to put her to death. And the king, who seemed to have grown sadder every day since his young queen was put in prison, reluctantly gave his consent. At once, Matabruna sent messengers to every part of the kingdom to say that the queen was to be burned at the stake for killing her children and that everyone loyal to the king should be there to witness her just punishment. That night the old hermit, still perplexed and sad from the loss of the six children, dreamed a dream. In it he saw the young queen, and heard her speaking to him, telling him who the children really were, and what had happened to the six who were lost. Tell my son Hylas the truth, and tell him that he alone can save me. She said. At that, the old hermit awoke with a start and hurried to wake Hylas. When the boy heard what the hermit had dreamed, he declared at once that they must go to the city and rescue his mother. As they drew near to the city, they saw that a great crowd had already begun to gather to watch the execution. As the king, who had by law to attend the execution, rode through the streets, The boy, Hylas, who had joined the crowd, rushed forward and seized the bridle of his horse. Who are you? the boy cried. And who is that who follows you in such a sorrowful state? I am the king, and that is my queen, who must die for her crimes. What proof do you have of those crimes? demanded Hylas. It seems to me that you were wrong to accept the word of Matabruna, for she is a false and wicked woman. All around the crowd was murmuring and nodding and Madre Brunner began to be afraid. "'Do not listen to this insolent child, my son,' she said. But something in the boy's face had caught the king's attention. "'What is your name, child?' he asked. "'My name is Hylas, replied the boy, "'and though I am only twelve years old, yet I will take the queen's part. "'Let anyone who wishes challenge me, "'and I will defend her against these accusations.' "'Foolish wretch!' cried Matabruna. "'I have a champion who will soon silence you!' "'And she beckoned to Savary, who came forward unwillingly, "'not liking to fight so young and untried an opponent. "'Hylas was given a horse and armour by one of the king's knights, "'who also gave him this advice. "'Be careful to get up as quickly as you can if you fall. "'Strike fast and always use the edge of your sword. "'If you succeed in bringing down your foe, strike hard and show no mercy. Hylas nodded and was helped onto his horse. He looked small and weak, sitting up high on the steed, though many noticed that he wielded both sword and lance with surprising ease for one so young. Grimly Savare lowered his lance, and the two charged to meet each other. They met with a crash, and both flew from the backs of their horses. Remembering the friendly knight's advice, Hylas sprang to his feet and attacked Savory, who was winded from his fall. In another moment, it was all over. Matabrunas' champion lay dead. When she saw this, the evil queen tried to flee, but she was quickly caught and brought back to face trial. For now the truth became known, as first Hylas, and then his poor mother spoke up. They told what had really happened twelve years since, and how there were seven children, of which Hylas himself was one, and how the rest had become swans. Then the king wept and begged his wife's forgiveness and vowed to punish Matabruna. Then he joyfully embraced his son. It was at this moment that the jeweller, whom Matabruna had employed to make a cup from the silver chains, came forward and told his story. With a cry of joy the young queen begged him to bring the chains to her, and when he did so, they all went to the nearby river and shook them over the water. At once six swans came flying towards them, and five of them each took one of the chains and became children again. But the sixth, whose chain had been made into the goblet, remained a swan ever after. Then amid much weeping, both for joy and for sorrow, the king and his young queen and the children went home. The evil Matabruna was tried and found guilty of her crimes, and soon met her end. As for the seventh swan, it remained always close by on the river, and when Hylas became a knight and rode forth in search of adventure, it went with him, leading him to many wondrous adventures. Because of this, He became known far and wide, not by his own name, but as the Knight of the Swan. Everyone was very quiet when Master William finished. Then one of the squires spoke up. Was Sir Hylas a very brave knight? Oh, yes, answered Master William. You see, he never forgot what had happened to him when he was a boy how the hermit was so kind to him and how his mother nearly died because of Mata Bruna. But wasn't he magical as well? asked Tom. Everyone has a little magic in them, said Master William slowly. The important thing is that Hylas treated everyone as equal and saw that no harm ever came to those who asked for his help. Every knight should try to do that if they can. He stood up. Now... Everyone inside, or you'll all be late for supper. That's all for today's episode. Thanks for listening. Now you can visit barefootbooks.com slash podcast to find special offers. Join our email list and listen to past episodes of the Barefoot Books podcast. See you next week. Bye.